We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always in the winner's circle for the second straight podcast, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, the Bucks are going streaking. How's it going, sir? It's uh, it's going well. Do I count as being in the winner's circle if the Bucks win? Is that how this works? I think it's a winner's circle pod. Oh, that's fair. It radiates on us. We're not in it. It radiates on us. We're around it. Yeah, that's fair. Doing well. I mean, what a what a weird Bucks game. Uh, I mean, the Bucks in general haven't played that many games this season. It's been a weird start to the schedule for them. Uh, I feel like every other team in the league has played like seven or eight games. I know that's not true, by the way. Uh, when the Bucks have only played uh, five games, so it's good to see the Bucks back in action. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about this game. It, coming into it, you don't have a ton of expectations considering it's the Brooklyn Nets who are in the middle of a, a pseudo rebuild. They have their they have their guy in Mikael Bridges. They have a lot of fun pieces around him. I mean, maybe not their guy in Mikael Bridges, as we'll talk about, but it's just a team full of just they they thought they thought uh, Sean Marks Sean Marks is still a GM right I'm not he not somehow sure. is yeah I mean yeah. Not, not that I think he's done a horrible job and should be fired but it's just hilarious that he took over like the scrappy the bad team with no picks made the D'Lo rejuvenation got Katie and Kyrie got Harden lost all three of them got new superstar Cam Thomas still there he's had six different eras in like five years it's insane and it's, it's it's crazy that a gm sticks through that many eras but sean marks just thought hey what if we just threw out as many power forward small forwards as we can on the court at once so five and see what happens and the the 2023 2024 brooklyn nets is what seems to happen it's just a weird game it's an interesting one to dissect but uh yeah it's it was just a weird game how are you doing ty I'm doing well. I feel like I've very much enjoyed the last two Milwaukee Bucks games. Um, I love the shift back to drop defense as the base. And even in this game where it didn't really stick around for all that long, I still love that it's the base. And I think it just starts the Bucks on a better foot. Even though it wasn't working in the first quarter of this game as Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Thomas, like there was some frustration about how much they were scoring. Not a ton of those shots were open. Like those guys are buckets. Like they were, they were just hooping out there. Uh, that's kind of the Nets are like power forwards and hoopers. That's that's all they've got right now, uh, and they are hooping it up. Uh, that's probably the whitest I'll ever sound. But um, the drop wasn't really working. But it wasn't working in a way that the Bucks were down five. They weren't down twenty five. And I feel like that's the comfort of possessions going really wrong for the drop. It's like, okay, you're going to get somewhat contested mid-rangers. And those shots just don't kill you the way some of the like wide-open dunks, wide-open threes, although the Nets did shoot well from three as well. It just it feels like they have a different level of competence defensively. 
And I think it just sets a much better tone for them as we've got in the Quran here for YouTube viewers and the, probably the title of the pod for, for pod listeners. You know, I think there's still changes to be made. I think defensively, there's one clear change that can help them a lot that we'll get into. But I've got to say, I just find it very comforting the, the fact that Brooke is back home to start these games, even in a game where it didn't really work that well, right? Like, I, I don't know. Do you agree or am I just – am I too fond for the drop? I don't think you're completely off base here. It's Only it's, partially. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say that either. I think it's it's very, very interesting to see how this team sort of plays its defense throughout this early season because we've seen so many shifts already, even though, like I mentioned, it's only game six. We've seen them be aggressive. We've seen them go back to a very conservative drop. Now they start to evolve it a little bit more. And like you said, in a game where it's not really working that well, you're happy with it being your base defense because you have Brooke being comfortable. Sure, he got some fouls and yeah, Brooklyn was doing Brooklyn things. Jacques Vaughn is just a mad scientist out there with these lineups he's throwing out there. It's ridiculous. Um, just making just just making Brooke's life as difficult as possible. But that's not on Brooke. That's on Brooklyn being proactive in that situation because they realized, yeah, we can't, we have to switch something up here, especially, and personnel dictates it as well. No Nick Claxton for them. Uh, you have to deal with Ben Simmons. And it's just, it's just difficult to play like bigger lineups to try to match up with a guy like Brooke Lopez. And you just have to scheme against it. And they, they did their best and it, it worked in a lot of situations, but it was good to see that the Bucks based defense was the drop and that they were succeeding until Brooklyn started to get a little funny with it. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, good question from Nick5522 in the YouTube chat here. This was a surprise live, by the way, after we've had a little bit of technical difficulties lately. Uh, today's, of course, booted up so quickly, we weren't even really ready for it. So you got to love technology. But he asks, uh, is there a chance the mid-rangers get players like Thomas going and the twos turning into threes? I think a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think that was a frustration we talked about a lot with the Bud Bucks of kind of not taking that away soon enough and letting players get hot. Um, I did think they didn't stick with the drop for an exceptionally long time in this game, and those guys were kind of just beating a lot of different coverages. Um, but that's certainly a concern, and I think uh, – is it too early to segue to the starting five convo, Rohan? I mean, I did think – it's been a little glaring over these past. It's only two games. Well, uh, before am, before okay. that, before we do that, we we can't do it. We got to talk about Giannis. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> we, Giannis was sensational we, tonight. We got to do it. I, I, we just we can't keep doing this. Giannis was sensational. I'd say one of his maybe his best game of the season. Uh, this season, I think it's probably hard to argue. I mean, he's. This is probably his highest point total so far, the yes. young campaign, and a lot of them were really important baskets. I think he set the tone to start and end the game, was a little more hands-off in the middle. Still took too many jumpers that drove people crazy. Uh, I love the back-to-back threes. I mean, I hate the shot selection, but I love that he does it. It and was I, so funny. I it do was, think. To, to people who do missed it, by the way, it was Giannis drives the lane, kicks it out to Jay Crowder in the right corner for three. He backs out. Jay Carter misses the three. Brooke Lopez taps it out to Giannis, top of the key, takes the three. With Dame it. next to him. Not wide open, but next to him. Yes. And then he misses the three. And then it gets tapped right back to him. Same spot. He takes the three again with Dame even maybe having a little more space than he did last time. And this time he he hits the shot. But it's just, it's like, bro, <laughs> what's going on? He ends the day one of seven. One of seven. I feel bad that we're doing this, but Giannis was sensational. You're right. He dictated this game early on when it seemed like Brooklyn was going to start to go on a little bit of a run. Maybe they can build like a significant lead. Giannis took over. He went to the basket. He did what he need, needed to do. And he did that in the beginning of the game and he closed out the game. Doing that. Yeah. Just, just sensational on both ends. And he went five or six from the line. Knock on wood. Could have gotten a lot more. Could have gotten a lot more free throws than that. Yeah. That, that I, I, is where I will stop. I don't even want to say it was a pro Nets game. The officials were just horrible. It's just bad. They just, just didn't. Bad. I mean, like the Both I ways. Uh, the the non flagrant Bobby on Mikhail Bridges. I was just like, in what world is that not a flagrant or a might get ejected? Yeah, I, I was like, I'll be a little mad if it's a flag too, but I would kind of get it. I was like, there's no. 
There's no room. In, there's no room in our game for just grabbing someone in our game that we play at the highest level of grabbing someone by the front of the jersey and throwing them down. Did Mikhail act a little sure? Did Bobby do that? Yes. And you just can't do that. The fact that it was a common foul, not a transition take or flagrant, is crazy. Of course, the Bucks had to challenge a very clear Giannis alley oop that he probably caught three feet in front of the cylinder that they called offensive interference. To which I said, if that's offensive goaltending, then. Every rebound of an air ball is defensive goaltending because they're probably about as close to the rim. Uh, A poorly officiated game. I will get on the soapbox for Giannis for just a second. I think much the way that as much as they would want to, the Warriors know they cannot turn off the Draymond Green aggression, the, the ugly moments that he gets suspended in the finals. I mean, he obviously took it way too far when he socked Jordan Poole. That was a different level. But we know Draymond is just has that edge, but it's also the edge that makes him such a great player on the defensive end. I think it's a similar thing with Giannis and the confidence to shoot threes. Because, like, especially in a game where he played against Ben Simmons, who I know I'm not making a direct Giannis-Ben Simmons comp, but people who do that get burned because it didn't pan out well for, for Simmons. But Simmons' whole career was derailed because he lost the aggression to go to the basket because he didn't want to get fouled because he wasn't a good foul shooter. Giannis clearly has never lost that aggression. It makes him great. I think it's really hard to say, you know what, but just give up on a whole shot in basketball that everyone also says you do, you should learn. Or, you know, people are split. A lot of people say you should learn it. I think you should take less than seven a game, to be clear. I was going to say, there's, 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 there's a middle ground to There's be. levels. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think he's taken too many, even if the shooting clip has been decent overall in the season before this game. It's been too many. I, I don't think it's reasonable to tell him to never take any. And I think in big games, I feel like he picks his spots a lot better than in November. Uh, but that's just my – I don't get as mad as some people do about the threes. This was – again, seven is way too many. And yes, like his highest in a game this season was three before tonight. Yeah. Like I think it was reasonable before this game. This game was just a different level. The minis look good in this game though. The middies did look good, and Marcus Johnson uh, rightly pointed that out uh, on the broadcast. I almost said on the pod. Marcus, come on the pod. Please. Uh, he he mentioned about how that's the shot he wants to see Giannis take more, just that little pull-up mid-range shot, because it's he can get that anytime he wants, as Marcus said, because defenders, once he gets into the into, uh, in the in the paint, in the arc, within the arc, that's the phrase I was looking for, uh, defenders are going to back up. And so he's going to have that shot whenever he wants to, realistically. And he's so tall, has a high release point, he can get that shot off uh, against most players. So that that was good to see. That's a really good development. Are those you, are the you, shots. Are you are just shots thinking that, of Wemby when you say most players? Yeah. Are you yeah. already <laughs> excited for Buck Spurs whenever it is? Because I'm, so I'm, I really hope he plays. It's he he has taken my fascination more than any player in recent memory. Is has anyone beat the like over overhyped allegations quicker? I feel like nobody at this point is like, yeah, we we all need to slow our ro- roll on Victor Wembanyama. No way, dude. He's so he's awesome. He's super young. They're gonna get a lot better. Um, but anyway, that's an aside. I don't know when that first game is. But yeah, just if Giannis wants to like transition some of those threes into like more pull-up middies, I'd be okay with that. That's a good development because, yeah, that's I, I'd argue that's more important than his three-ball. I agree with that. Um, but, yeah, an amazing game for Giannis. I mean, clearly the Nets had a big size disadvantage. I mean, Ben Simmons, the hilarious thing, is this because Ben Simmons called himself a point guard? On the box score, it has Ben Simmons point guard Dorian Finney-Smith center. I mean, we're, we're lying to it. Ben Simmons was their center. And then the next biggest player was Dayron Sharp, who played less than eight minutes. And then outside of that, the biggest players Brooklyn played were Dorian Finney-Smith and like Royce O'Neal. I mean, they were tiny out there. I mean, it's no surprise this was a high-scoring game. I mean, it's a track meet when you're playing five guys. I mean, Ben Simmons is your biggest guy, and he kind of is a point guard in the way he moves. He's so fast. A hilarious thing was watching him like – sprint full speed toward the Bucks basket, but then Brooke is there and he just like goes into a flying pass out of it. And I'm just like so much speed and power to just bring the ball up four seconds quicker. is kind of hilarious. Um, but Giannis realized the, I think the lack of size took big advantage of it again from two shot 14 of 20. You mentioned the great free throw shooting. 
12 boards, three assists, one steal, two blocks, just three turnovers for all that usage is super impressive given how the Nets swarmed him. I thought he was really in control when he had the ball in the paint and would mimic your point about uh, whistles not being blown when they could and probably should have on some of those two-point misses. Yeah, at some points, it was just ridiculous. I think on the broadcast, Marcus was also saying, like, yeah, he's showing uh, the the referees his bruises because it's just ridiculous. Um, This is kind of an aside. That's that's a trend we've noticed throughout this season so far is that just they're allowing a lot more contact inside when it comes to, like, bigger dudes. And... It's like Giannis is not getting the free throws that he used. I know, I get, I know he's currently leading the league in free throw attempts, so I shouldn't say that. Is, he has more than Dame? I think Dame's second. <laughs> Big market bucks, baby. It feels gross. It feels like we're Philly. We we hated on Philly for that. Uh, December it, 19th, Wemby's in town. Uh, Roach Nest just dropped okay. in the chat. Christmas okay. with Wemby. Okay. I might have to might have to get myself down to that game. I might have to join you for that one. That might be a hot ticket, man. The way Wemby's been looking so far, but who knows? Might have to buy that today. Yeah, um, no, no, no joke. Um, but no, agree. It is it is a little gross, but um, it's nice to nice to have two guys who can generate free throws. They're, and not, high they're not intentionally trying to. It, it, actually, Dame is. It's well, here and there for Dame. The thing about yeah. Dame and Dame and Chris, Chris especially. I love Chris. We'll talk about Chris a lot. He, he was really exciting tonight. Chris's griffs are always like in and outs. Like they're always so close. Dame sometimes are a little half-hearted. Chris had one today where he's clearly grifting, and it was like in the cylinder for five seconds before it came out. Like every single time Chris knows he's getting fouled, like he either puts it in or almost put it's uncanny. All he knows is tough shots. Tough shot express, baby. He is. Uh, I want to talk about Dame quickly. First off, producer that we don't have, put the ether beat here. The CBS sports article uh, about Dan. Did you see this? No. Uh, (laughs) Someone that I had never heard of. And the article was like, Dame's offensively bad at defense and not even trying, and it's proving the Trey Young archetype cannot win a championship, how bad he is at defense after four games of the Bucs season. Mind you, a couple things. One, he goes, well, Steph and Kyrie did it, but Steph is built different, and Kyrie had LeBron. It's like, okay, whatever. The, the game has changed. The point guards are really good now, and they drive winning. Two... Dame and Trey Young coming into this year had both led teams to the conference finals. I mean, it's a very short list of guys who have won titles. So I, I yes, the Jordan, point, it was John Collins, excuse you. Yes, true. But the point, and it was just like, and he had some clips where like Dame went for steals and he's like, this is, he's not even really trying to get the ball. He just doesn't want to get back on defense. It's like, what is, what is, it's very weird. It was very, very, very weird. I don't want to get into it any further. Um, but I thought Dame defensively, he tries. He's not great, but I do think he tries. And he gets the, he got robbed on a on a foul that should have been a steal in this game. He was game. better than a, another Buck starter. He certainly was. I think he fights. He had seven assists. He sprays passes really well. The thing about Dame, he's been cold almost every game this season. Still scores enough because of the free throws, and he always knows how to draw those, which is the mark of an elite offensive player. I think he didn't have as nearly as many shots as Giannis because he and Giannis both realized Giannis had the better matchup against this Nets defense that we talked about was so small versus Mikhail Bridges, who is awesome. And Dame just wasn't uh, wasn't playing super well, wasn't wasn't shot making at a high level, I'll say. So I understood the shot discrepancy in this game. I thought he was involved in maybe a little bit more actions, but just wasn't a great night for him. But I didn't think he was horrible by any means. Yeah, it's not... Great to see this trend sort of develop as the season uh, gets underway is that, yeah, Dame doesn't have a shot yet. He really doesn't. Five of 15 from the field again. Uh, not again, but tonight. Two of eight from the free, uh, from three-point land. It's, it's very less than ideal to see this start of the season from Damian Lillard, especially considering all of the hype we had coming in. And maybe that's just our own fault for having too high expectations. But I also did say it's going to take it's going to take some time for this uh, pairing to really get going. And it's taken a little bit of time. Giannis is finding his own again, but Dame just continues to uh, to not have his shot. And he's definitely taking some. 
But I'm better with Damian Lillard taking those uh, coming off screen threes compared to Giannis taking just pull up threes. I think that's that's fair to say based on reputation. For his career, it looks like October and November are two of his worst shooting months, um, splits wise. And I do know I've heard that Portland people. It looks like April's also up there, but much less games. Obviously, late in the year, and you know, not Dame didn't have a lot to play for in April recently. But I know Portland people have said he's kind of a slow starter and a Ramis Ramirez, if you will. Can't talk about too much Brewers. Adam, I was gonna say, Adam and Andrew you covered it. Bring that up. Adam and Andrew yeah, covered it on this feed, and then of course go subscribe to Cruising for a Bruise, and even if you heard uh, their pod on this feed already on the audio version, go check that out. They had a lot of thoughts. GSPN.info uh, for all links. Yeah, Craig Council going to the Cubs. Ugh. Uh, there's my I thought. Out, I found that out like a few hours too late. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I, I did. You I were you you're like uh, I was ready for you to tweet a rocket ship picture instead of an emoji that was like paul pierce levels of of out of touch i was pretty shocked but anyway enough of all that um i think dame is going to be fine i we still see the flashes and again he gets to the foul line he passes he makes it work um before we get to this the starter question we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris Middleton looks uh, really good. I'm tracking this Boston-Minnesota game, by the way. Going to overtime now. The Wolves, the fighting Wolves. Chris Middleton looked great. Again, logged 21 minutes, so it wasn't just – or maybe maybe it was two one-offs where he logged more at the end in a close game. I don't know, but uh, second straight game with more than 20 minutes. 60% from the field, 21 for four from deep, so 25% from three. Made both of his free throws. Four assists, three rebounds. No turnovers in his 21 minutes, 15 points. I mean, we just say it every time. So steady. He had some big buckets late in the game. He's never open. I got, it doesn't I got matter. flashbacks, man. Yeah. I, the one on Ben saw, Simmons. I saw Chris Middleton going to work on the right side of the Brooklyn court. And I was like, I was like, I'm I'm getting stressed out all over. Yeah. Again. I was like, I'm, my feet are glued to the ground. It's just like game seven vibes. Uh, I, I almost had a panic attack. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening again. <laughs> it's a close game in Brooklyn. Chris, Chris, do it again. You can do it, man. And he did it. He did. He was great tonight. Um, I feel like he got beat a couple times by Mikhail. Def- I'm trying to watch him more defensively. He got beat. So did pretty much everyone else. I, I maintain that his defense is, like, fine. It's not obviously where it was. I don't think it's as bad as it was, certainly at parts of last season when he was first coming back. And offensively. I mean, the three is kind of touch and go, but everything from mid – he feels so automatic from mid-range. What, he missed one? One, one two today? Yeah. Yeah. Five for nine – or five for six, for, excuse me, from two. Like, it doesn't matter if he's covered or not. It's just butter. It's butter every time. Oh, I'm very excited. Every time I see the three of them play together, the, the new big three, I, I feel things, Rohan. I feel very positive things. It's it's very it's very very intriguing and just Chris I, I maintain this point that I made on the last pod Chris is going to be the thing that makes this offense hum it's not going to be Dame I mean obviously it's going to be Damon Giannis are going to be involved but the way they're going to put themselves over the top is Chris Middleton yeah if Chris Middleton is not playing at a high level the Bucks are not going to be their highest version of themselves full correct stop. full stop so it's it's really good to see that Chris is starting to starting to ramp up and uh I, I i feel like he's getting a little frustrated with the minutes i feel like 
feel like there's going to be uh he's ready he he's ready he I feels think he's, he's ready. ready for sure he looks ready suki free him actually no suki you, you do great work yeah do do what you do. well i mean it's like they kind of they kind of jump pretty quick right it was 16 16 17 16 and then two straight over 20 so then you know can we get by next week two minutes incoming can we he doesn't play for tips or or nick nurse can we get like mid-20s i'll take 25 26 the next couple of games or we have a back-to-back coming so that'll be a big test too i would imagine he doesn't play both halves of the back-to-back and incoming all the two oh he's hurt again he's broken like no they're just really careful and I think what one is against the Pistons and one is against another team that uh, isn't necessarily super exciting. Like it's November; it's still early. It's the November. Pistons and the Pacers. Yeah, so the 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 Central Division P's coming up here midweek we'll on the back to back. The Pacers put up eighty six in the first half today. Dude, the Pacers are pure. They put up one fifty two overall. What did Tyrese Halliburton have? A twenty five point tennis quarters? A thirty point tennis quarter? It was something and they lost crazy. the game not this game not today's game no not today's game but in when he did that i mean like yeah. they are pure adrenaline right now that is it's going to be another game like this one i think the pistons may be a little slower although Cade is having the turn you've been you've been called it's been a, something in the water around the league today philly put up one for oh it's on the wizards never mind never mind that one that one not I as think, impressive i think Embiid had like 29 in the third quarter alone oh my god well are they still yeah. without gafford yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's Kyle Kuzma playing center against Joel Embiid is nasty work. Um, but yeah, the big three is super exciting. Hope to see Chris ramp up more. But, you know, again, as, as we've said, like, I'm fine with the caution. I'm fine with the caution. He looks great. He keeps saying he feels great. I'd rather be too cautious than too aggressive, which I, I just feel like we've never seen Bucks fans have this much emphasis on the results in early November before. The Discord losing their minds at halftime because the bucket getting nets are getting buckets. I'm just like, guys, November 6th. I mean, I want them to play well too. More like more like the Brooklyn Buckets. I think it, there's some merit there. I also could have gone with the the wrong team has part of bucket in its name tonight because Brooklyn, sheesh. 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 Also, it's it's really funny, by the way, that there's a lot of gaudy scoring uh in the in the league today. And then the Clippers with James Harden put up 97. Did they win? Oh, they lost by 14 to the... Yeah, it's just really funny. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty... That is pretty... Oh, Minnesota up six with two minutes left in Boston. I feel like... um, Is it just me or is the league really fun this year? Every time I've turned on a game, I've been like... Except I... Well, every time I put on a national game, I flipped on Bulls Nuggets a couple nights ago and like... It's like Joker, the Hulk meme, just smashing Loki. That was... Jokic to the whole Bulls team there. And they lost, didn't they? The the Nuggets? No. Yeah, I thought they did. Not the game I watched. Oh. Huh. No, they, they took care of business in the game I watched. Maybe they maybe they lost. Oh, wait, no. Game. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. Yep. yep. They won 123-101. Yeah. But uh, should, we, should we talk about uh, a certain starter yeah. for this team? Yeah, we should. So uh, you're going to know because you're Rohan. Do you know who played the least minutes out of the 10 bucks who logged minutes in this game? Yeah, it's Malik Beasley. It is Malik Beasley. Do you know when Malik Beasley checked out of the game for the final time? Ooh, I don't. Let me guess. I'm going to say time remaining in the third quarter, more than nine minutes remaining. You're so close. Oh. It's 8-17. Oh, one minute off. We'll t- we take those. We take but those. With 8-17 remaining in the third quarter, Malik Beasley comes out of the game and does not come back into the game. Yeah. Uh, one for five. It's been tough. It's been really tough for Malik Beasley. We were sort of on board. I was. Less I was so more than you. I, I drank the Kool Aid. I'll admit it now. Less so on board with him being just just the starter, and both ends are just a struggle for him. He dies on every screen. I, I, offensively, he just can't get it going. I think he tries on defense. He's just bad, which I do think is an important distinction. I think he can have a role on the team still, but the role can't be starter. The role can't be starter taking defensive assignments. Yeah, it's time. We'll get to who our picks, but just on Beasley, you can't be that defensively and average 1.5 points over two straight games. He had zero against the Knicks, three against the Nets. I miss, I miss Grayson. 
Did you see the pic of him in front of the car that yeah. Phoenix put out for there? He's living his best life. He's sauced him. up. I'm missing. Um, Can you tell me you don't miss Grayson Allen after watching Malik Beasley? I guess I miss him, but that's not where my mind went watching this. Yeah, that's fair. my mind but went like, boss man. Yeah, my mind also went boss man, but it's also like, you know, you never, you never know how much you love something until it's gone. You know, that is true. Are you it's ready? Like, to, are you ready you, to undo you, the you trade? Appreciate you appreciate the. Uh, uh, it's like, man, Grayson Allen wouldn't do this. Grayson Allen wouldn't do that. But then when Grayson Allen's on the team, it's like, I don't know. He, no, that they, was most Bucks fans, not me, by the way. No, they they would they would certainly be be better with him over Beasley so far this season. It does. I think it hurts Beasley's case that his two best games were the games they got smoked, and a lot of those points came while they were getting smoked. Like as a longer term projection, if your all your best efforts are in games that don't really matter, that's not ideal. And I think that kind of goes back to the Lakers season versus. What he did with the Jazz, too. That's not a great trend for Malik Beasley. No, it really isn't. And I think it's time for a change. We've seen enough. I agree. Uh, it's, it's six games, but uh, it's it's enough in the six games. So this is also a team that we, we talked about earlier with the defense is ready to make changes. They they are um, – very, very like they're they're open to making changes. They're ready to make changes. They'll do it on the fly. We haven't seen it with personnel yet at all. Realistically, we've seen the same ten man rotation for this entire uh, season so far, and it's just we we just I don't know how they're going to handle this, but it's really time. And this is something that the Bucks haven't really uh, been used to doing, even under Bud. We got like what one major starting lineup change that was non-injury related in the Bud era. Did we even? That, yeah, it was Wes Matthews starting over uh, because he got hurt over Grayson. Yeah, it's because Grayson got hurt, and then Wes just didn't give it up. But oh, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't true. preemptively. That's true. They didn't make the change. It, it took the injury for it to happen. I think they kind of said, "Well, it is what it is now." But it, I don't think we ever really got one, which is fu- just very funny. Considering like how clearly like close it was with that fifth fifth spot from whoever's starting and whoever's coming off the bench. Yeah, and we just maybe maybe we see it with Adrian Griffin, but it's time. It, it's time. It's time. Like what Malik Beasley is doing on both ends of the court is not productive at all. Like you mentioned, he has had his highest scoring outputs in just losing efforts. He has not been any sort of defensive stalwart, to say the least. Yeah. And just offensively, there's no production. There's no rhythm at all. Sure, he had his 120-point ex- explosion against the, the Raptors. And it's just after that, you don't really see him finding the ball. I mean, to be fair, the ball isn't finding him a lot of times. He is trying to make plays off the bounce as well. You see, like, he'll he'll always have, like, eight, uh, maybe, like, a couple assists. Not tonight, though. But... yeah. It's just it's it's a net nothing. It's actually a net negative for what Malik Beasley is producing. And when you have a guy like Bossman Nine Nine who stepped up, dude, you are winning agendas this year. Up. You are you are crushing agendas this year. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I will not take my victory lap on November sixth though. But Jay Crowder is just stepping up. He took whatever criticism was levied against him, which was fair. Like, I was very, very critical against Bossman uh, based on his playoff run last season. Uh, if you can even call it a playoff run, he played like 20 minutes. Uh, he, Ten he, times the sample said he was a pretty good buck. Someone's made this point several times. Not all my agendas are dead, but... Did he did he play more in this game than he did in the playoffs? Oh, that's a great question. I don't I'll, think I'll so, it but it's kind of close. Um, he's been a great fit. Also, the Celtics lost, and in addition to that, just ruling anyway. The reason I have been tracking it is because I believe the Bucks are now within a game and a half of first in the East. Uh, so even with a very disjointed start, it is nice to not have there be a ton of space between Milwaukee and the very top of the East with the Bucks. They're four and two now, right? Or am I? Am, are they th- oh, yeah, they're four and two. NBA.com is taking forever to load the fourth win, so I, I doubted myself. But Bossman, to bring it back to the topic at hand here, has just been everything the Bucks needed. He has been a sniper. Um, he started off, I think, three for three in this game from deep, 
ends up four for nine. So obviously cooled down, but really, really confident in the shots from three. I feel like even more than I remembered from last season. I mean, he's got a nice step back and he uses it. Like when he's got a little bit of space, he'll make himself some more space. Very confident shooter, which you love to see. Had 15 points, had 30 minutes in this game, which as you mentioned, like close to his whole playoff minutes total and was third on the team in this game. So clearly, Bossman has established himself as one of the key players. I almost said places and – no, I almost said pieces and players. And that's said places. One of the key players to this Bucks team. Really great effort defensively. And I know we we were chatting in the GSPN Discord. Join at gspn.info. The link is in there. Like the, the lineup they went with, I think in the third quarter – where it was Bobby, Giannis, Bossman, Marjan, and maybe Campaign. Just like, oh, that lineup is works really well. Like, yeah, it's so athletic. It's athletic, defensive. Bobby was switching and doing okay. Still kind of getting roasted, but didn't look too bad in the process. But Bossman makes so much possible. He We talked about, like, it's probably scary how crucial of a role he may play. Well, it's been scary for the teams they've played because Jay Crowder has been awesome this season. Yes, and uh, in the playoffs last season, he played 40 minutes and 57 seconds. So so 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he played uh, 31 minutes or 30 minutes and 18 seconds tonight. So just that's so funny. It's so funny. It's sad, but it's funny. But you're yeah. right. I don't even know if I'm necessarily nervous about how big of a role he has to play because that's just who he's been throughout his career. Wrong? Am, I, am I wrong? Like. One of the reasons that he was kind of upset, I mean, we'll never know the full reason about why he wanted uh, a trade out of Phoenix. It seemed like not everyone had the greatest relationship with Monty Williams over there. Uh, Jaden Ivey's learning that right now. Either either you're marrying his daughter or you're in the doghouse. There's only two options with Monty Williams. And that's a real, I would not just, that's not a saying I use. That is a saying he uses <laughs> he, he way asked, too often. To, to, to be clear, he was like, Talking about one of his plays, like that's the that's the type of guy you want to marry your daughter. He said it about more than one player, which yeah. is really why I think it's like okay, you're trying to marry your daughter to too many players. It's like you, and you also like other, other maybe just like you just say he's a good guy. I mean, do you have to anyway? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily nervous because this is who he's been. Like he's always been a guy who's like had big roles on big teams, and. It's just now it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Like maybe you considered the the last year's playoff run an anomaly, but this is just who he's been. Isolated like, incident. When, yeah, it's an isolated incident. You don't really. Uh, it's not really something that you theoretically have to worry about. Um, but yeah, he went. He was a starter on that Finals Heat team, if I remember correctly. He's been uh, on like Finals teams before, like on the Suns. He was a starter, and. Why can't he be that for the Milwaukee Bucks? I'm with you. He can. And we'll talk about Marjan, who still looks awesome. Just the play-to-play consistency of boss man, I think, gets him the nod over Bochamp. And, over and you, you ease in a guy like Marjan. Like, I, I see all these takes about Marjan, like, oh, he needs to start. He needs to start. First of all, I'm a big Marjan Bochamp supporter, so do not get this confused. And I signed the form, so we're you a pro-Marjan podcast. Yes. You've got to ease him in. He's a second-year player, and he's not like a star second-year player. You even see like guys like, like Paolo, Paolo Bancaro. Like he's a second-year player. He's hitting a little bit of a wall this season. Yeah, it's it's difficult for these guys to get acclimated so quickly. Marjan going from basically a non-factor last year to being a starter this year is just too big of a leap for yeah. him to realistically make. You're going to you're going to introduce so many different problems. He's not used to the workload. You have to ease him in slowly. He's a guy who's still a raw prospect. You got to ease him in slowly. I think a big like if he took boss man's spot off the bench, that would be a major upgrade for him. And I think that's more of the upgrade in rotation that Marjan needs rather than starting right away. Maybe. Maybe at the end of the year, you can see, yeah, it's undeniable. Marjan needs to start. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm saying right now, November 6th at 9.58 p.m., it should be Jay Crowder over Marjan in the starting line. Yeah, and I think even if he's great by the end of the year, I think you get to a position where, especially in the regular season, 
like just trim boss man's minutes a little. If Marjon is still playing super well in that boss man role, let him take more minutes. Let Jay be the starter. Let Marjon, as the younger player, come into games with Bobby Portis, bring all that energy with the bench units, you know, attack the perimeter defenders with the elite, def- the fresh elite defender that Marjon looks like he can be. I mean, he's played really, he just needs to cut down on the fouls, which again, it's like one of those things where like, yeah, it looks great, but he picks up four fouls in 10 minutes. Be, you don't really want that just start games. I felt so bad. And, and people were saying, really, you're going to call that? They had to. If he had just not dribbled, he probably gets away with it is the funny thing. Like, I think it's the steps. You see guys get away with that all the time, yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's number 34, Ted once or twice, maybe. I, I I just think the three steps is less noticeable with the way they enforce gather or whatever than the, like, step, half step, then dribble. Like, that's glaring. You can't do that. You got to dribble right away or never dribble. Should have should have went off the backboard to himself. Could have got crazy. Maybe would have gotten pulled right away if he tried to do that. Um but I, I think it was Pal in our Discord asked, like, why do coaches hate young players? Well, they're inconsistent, and they usually don't help you win as much. And coaches like their jobs, and their jobs usually depend on winning. It's not not even to be snarky, but that is the ask, answer. Ask Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think – and also the rotation. And uh, we had a question in chat, I think from Nick again. Beasley out of the starting lineup or out of the rotation entirely – I think just starting lineup for now, I think he's probably a situational hot or cold player. But if he continues playing like this, then you certainly have that conversation because A.J. Green, as we documented in a recent pod, has played really well. Andre Jackson Jr. has brought a lot to the team too. I think there is a real competition for minutes that that he could uh, he could run into if he continues playing like this overall, not just starters. But I agree. It's time for boss man to start and Marjon to get more of those minutes off the bench because – He's just been really – the shot looks good. He looks really good. He still makes – I just think he's too young. And we still do see the mistakes, the travel, the the following. That makes me go, probably not a starter. But more minutes, more role for sure. Yeah. It, if he was a starter, I feel like he'd just pick up like a foul right away and then he'd just be too uh, passive on defense the rest of the way. And that's not utilizing his skills to the best of his ability. Like you want him to thrive in his role. And I think just pushing him into – like, just, like, trial by fire is not going to be the best for Marjan. Couldn't agree is he, more. Is he the idealized version? Like, the idealized version of Marjan? Like, a good, like, the, the best fifth starter option? Yeah, absolutely. Is Marjan currently the idealized version, version of himself? No. I mean, do we live in an idealized world? Clearly not. No, Clearly current councils, not. the Cubs. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm upset the, about it. I was thinking of the election when I said that, but I love that you went right to Cowns going to Chicago. <laughs> Real sports talk only. I just like I feel betrayed. I feel betrayed, Ty. He was one of my favorite players growing up, and then just seeing him manage the Brewers was like, man, they got Craig Council to manage the Brewers. Now it's to the Cubs. Yeah, it's not great. I think we've got a couple more players to talk about. We can probably do it when we do our Bucks stock market returns right after. We talk about our friends from Sleeper. Rohan and I have been loving playing Daily Fantasy on Sleeper all season long. Not just NBA either. I finally I got a big win on Sunday with my picks going for the Packers, which was I was I did Optimus Packers picks and they actually worked out. Uh, you were doubting my Jordan Love higher yards. He went on a run in that second half. Shout out to Jordan Love. Check out Talk of the Tundra for much better analysis than just me being happy about it here. But we are going to talk about our Bucks and uh, Nets picks for this game. Our Daily Fantasy with Sleeper. Reminder, you can play in the app available right now. And you can match. They will match your first deposit up to $100 when you use promo code Eurostep. And Rohan's face is all messed up, so I'm going to fix that. But we do have his picks here, so that's exciting. Yeah, so these are the picks I made uh, going into this game. I did a lot of first quarter ones because I was like, ooh, this it's, it's exciting. And uh, one positive thing about Sleeper is that it allows you to make in-game uh, sort of picks. So and let's say my first uh, first quarter ones didn't really pan out that, much, that well. I could always uh, just just go again. But my my initial picks, as they are written on the screen right now, Chris Middleton, uh, higher than uh, 
uh, half a rebound in the first quarter. Same with uh, Cam Thomas, higher than four and a half points. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, higher than half a rebound. And Bobby Portis, just higher than half an assist uh, for the entire uh, game. Not not just a first quarter one. Walk Chris me through the Bobby. Out. Walk me through the Bobby assist play because I really like that higher. I wouldn't have thought to make that one. Is that just a trend for the year? Did you feel good about Bobby in this matchup, or why did you think Bobby was going to have more than one assist? Because the, there's only been one game this season where Bobby has not had an assist, and that's against the New York Knicks, who are a big team. They play big. New York or the Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, are not that team. They are going to need to swarm if Bobby posted up. And if it was one pass away, if you're the shooter one pass away, Bobby's more than likely to get an assist, which he did. He got two assists in the game. You can't you can't argue with the results. That that worked out really well for you, Rohan. Except you and I fell the same place. And now let me now I got oh boy. I got all sorts of issues so, on this it's okay. one. It's okay. We'll you're just gonna be right. gone for this part, unfortunately, Rohan, but uh, real quickly, let me walk through here. So I I want to shout out Hedging Henry, who does a bunch of great uh, daily fantasy picks and others on TikTok, Twitter, and elsewhere. Also work with him. Uh, he was like, listen, Ty, I know you've been playing sleeper. Trust me, no matter what, take the Cam Thomas more than points, the Giannis more than points. They both have great matchups. So I the two-thirds of this, set of picks that hit I didn't even really make. I mean, I clearly agreed with him, but um, I was like, let me spice it up with Chris more than half a first quarter rebound. I'm like, man, he plays most of his minutes in the first quarter. He's been rebounding well. And I like three times in a row, he's right by the basket and Giannis just skies over and grabs it. And I was like, come on, GA, help me out. So we were both undone by uh, the Chris rebounds, but that's okay. We still had a lot of fun. Uh, playing Sleeper Daily Fantasy, as we always do. Rohan, tell the people uh, how they can get involved with Sleeper. Yeah, all you need to do is download the Sleeper app uh, in in the App Store. You just need to make your picks, your Daily Fantasy picks in the app. And like Ty, you mentioned earlier, you can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit using promo code Eurostep, G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, all one word. And you just you just make fun picks. They have it for all major sports every single day. And it's called Daily Fantasy for a reason. And it's just it's it, it's fun. I'll, I'll say and that I, it's fun. I want to call out if you if you use the promo code, if you're playing, if you're, you know, picking these games along with us and doing the fun, you know, sets of picks here on Sleeper, send us, send us that let us know. Are you having a good time? What are, what what are you what are you playing? Let us know if you get a big dub for sure. We'll be super excited because we we do. I mean, it's, you know, outside of talking about it here on the show, Rohan and I are like sending back and forth. Like, what do you got cooking? Rohan's the chef. I am. I'm an amateur so far. I'm getting better. You know, just like the Bucks, knocking the rust off. But it's it's been a lot of fun. So It, may, it makes more – makes like every other NBA game a little more interesting oh, yeah. too. It definitely yeah. does. You, I've, I've, stuck, I've stuck with basketball so far. Dude, I, I – I don't you know, know nearly I, enough about football. I might dabble some more. In the, I don't know. Maybe that might have been a flash in the pan. But I, I did have fun with sleeper, uh, sleeper football as well. Okay. Let's go to the Buck stock market, Rohan. We already had a comment from Gabe earlier in the chat who said if there's not enough stock for campaign, he's revolting. It's not usually where we would start. But what is should Gabe revolt or are we going to give – the uh, very volatile campaign and upstock for this performance. I think we give campaign and upstock for this performance. I mean, what else? Could, I mean, if he doesn't get an upstock for this, what would? It's that's a very good point. What did Payne end up having? He's four for six points on four of six shooting, three of four from deep from your backup point guard who plays sixteen minutes and three assists. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a really good campaign game. Campaign I mean, for more takes, minutes. That that brings him up to eleven for the season. And uh, maybe maybe now we start to take it, uh, you know, higher expectations now. I think doing this. I this is my this is my projection, and I promise I'm going to try and not manipulate the market so this happens. I feel like no one's going to have more green and red over the season than campaign. I mean, we've already it's, seen it in yeah. six games. It is a roller coaster with campaign. This is his, this is going to be his third movement in six games. 
and it's that's not just, a ton for a lot of guys so far. But no, Dame's had four. Giannis has had three. Malik Beasley's had three. Probably soon to get four. Uh, I think Giannis is soon to get four as well. I believe so as well. So we so can we talked we yeah. talked about Giannis at the beginning of the podcast. His best game of the season. He gets an up stock up to thirty eight for the season. Just we don't need to rehash it. Just just dominant. Maybe cut down on some threes, but you know what, yeah. Giannis, who are we to tell you what to do on the basketball court? It wasn't. It wasn't. I think last or what game three? I think Giannis is. Oh no, I'm looking at Dame. Was it last game or game three where we didn't give him an up stock? And it was yeah. kind of because of the shot selection. In this game, it just didn't matter. He was still so great that he earned it either way. I agree. So we got Giannis up. We've got campaign up. We have Malik Beasley down. The question is how much? Are we talking two after two stinkers in a row? Just because I asked the question, he's coming in at 13. Campaign got up to 11. I mean, which player do you value more right now? That's tough. That's tough. I'd, I'd stick with one. Okay. I'd stick with one, considering it's two in a row. If it's another if game we like hadn't this, given him, if we hadn't hadn't given him a downstock last game, I would go for two. But since we did, I'd say one. If he has another one like this, it's going to be two. Yeah, uh, he shouldn't be starting. It shouldn't be actually on at, him, that, but... at that point. It's not worth that much. True. I, it's I think... just we don't we don't need to rehash it. It's tough. It's yeah. really tough for Malik Beasley. Hopefully, boss man. Nine nine himself takes that uh, takes that starting spot away from him. Speaking of, I mean, thirty minutes in a close win. I think so. Up stock for the nine boss nine. man up to sixteen. Up to sixteen. I write boss man nine nine in the tweet, which I, you know I what? find I'm, very. I'm going to change it. Any- I'm changing <laughs> it on the sheet. Yeah, it's boss man nine nine in all caps now. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else finds it as funny as we do, but I we find people, it really. Funny. I think I think people find it funny. I, I find it so. hilarious. It makes I me laugh so. every time. Um, I don't I, know what else. I want to. I have a couple more thoughts. I want to talk about Pat. I don't think he moves in this game, but I, I want to talk he about does it either. But it was close. I want to talk about him because first half I was getting a lot of Pat down. Pat definitely down. Just thought he rebounded pretty well. Thought he ended up having it. Not not literally rebounded. Thought he ended up having a pretty solid game. The defense is problematic, but he ends up. With uh, 10 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 2 for 5 from deep. Finally got something to knock down. Also chipped in 3 assists and an offensive rebound. Uh, he looks uh, – he doesn't look comfortable out there in almost anything the Bucks are doing. Defensively. Offensively, yeah. he has his moments. Defensively, has not contributed a whole lot. It's, it's almost like the versatility that I – a lot of other people have sort of like pined for for Pat. Like, hey, like one of the one of the skills you bring is his versatility. He's kind of been negated by Bossman. I feel like the Bossman really coming into his own is really showing. Like, man, Pat really has some stuff he needs to work on. Am I am yeah. I wrong? Am I off base in saying that? No, I, I think it's not just that. I think it's also even when they drop, they're just so much more aggressive defensively and every player is more involved now. And I don't think that's been good for – I think Pat was at his best defensively when he was just like kind of on the perimeter, not super involved in actions. And then like, oh, he's got to like kind of defend someone in the post, right? Like it wasn't, oh, now rotate over here, now rotate over there. I, I don't think that is maybe his comfort zone. He better get more comfortable doing it because, I mean, obviously Beasley's the biggest faller. I don't think Pat should drop out of the rotation entirely, but I do think there's minutes at stake to some of these players who have been fitting in better, like Crowder, even like Marjon. And, I mean, you look at this game. Pat placed a full more than 10 minutes fewer than Crowder, only three minutes more than Marjon. Like, I, I don't think that's like an accident. Like, I think that shows you – Kind of some motion happening within the rotation. So I'm not giving up on Pat. I still have the completely unrelated 2-4 so as to not get sued behind me here in the rafters. But it has been a little concerning. Thankfully that, you know, he was good enough offensively today. I don't think he was a net negative, but the defense has he's not been teetering. He is he is on the edge of a cliff right now. And he's sort of hanging on. Do you remember you ever watched this is a deep cut? Ever I can't wait for this. Rainbow? Oh yeah, of course. You remember Cliffhanger hanging down? Not really. 
and that's, that's, a, that's a great bit though that's a great bit though. that's pat Connaughton. he is right now it is yeah no it wasn't reading it was between the lines what am i talking oh about? okay i was like oh, really i thought reading rainbow was just like a guy reading a book yeah no it's like do you ever watch between the lines no there was this there was this character they they would go and like they, it's like a cutaway it's it'd go yeah. to this guy cliffhanger that's what his name and then it would just be this weird situation where he's like trying to get off this cliff and then like all every time he'd end back and end up back like hanging on by a thread and that's that's pat Connaughton this season yeah if anyone knows what i'm talking about I'd like <laughs> please this. comment if you're aware of this this <laughs> random rohan reference um, but I just want to talk about Pat. I, I agree. It's no movement. Uh, quickly, Marjan. Yeah. Marjan's great. What do you Isn't think he? for a stock? Um, Did he do enough in this so. game? I don't think so for a stock. Considering he got one last game, I would not. Maybe if he finishes the dunk. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, as silly that as it sounds. Left, like, that was a huge swing in the game. Off. That was a huge swing in the game. I think that's fair. Uh, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, I'd say, I mean, he got one last game. He was better in this game. So he's at 23 now. Two behind Brooke. Through four yeah, above yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Yep, yep, give it to him. So I think it's not as much that he totally he's, – he's been consistently impressive. Numak, by the way, is, is spamming chat that he gets the cliffhanger reference. Great bit. Cliffhanger was lit. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Newmark. Seeks also says uh, core memory unlocked. So we, uh, you, you've reached people with this. See, and is this what it feels like? Just like having a reference and then people understand it? That's it is. It, I think you've done this more than once. What a good feeling. What a good feeling. I thought, I thought Bobby saved himself in the third quarter. I thought he had an, a bad first half after a pretty bad game against the Knicks. But looked active and involved defensively. If he got that flagrant two, it would have been a down. Or a flagrant one. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) He entered 11 points, six boards, two assists, two steals, one turnover. Three for eight from the field. Not as impactful as the first four games, but didn't totally fall off. But yeah, that was was not ideal. Um, Clearly, uh, the, the flagrant should have been flagrant. Uh, Mikhail. I wonder if they'll give it to him after the game. That would be awkward though, because they reviewed it in the game and still didn't. Yeah, it's like who who's who's now reviewing it's uh it's is it Kiki Vandaway? Sakakis. Yeah, it's like is there gonna be beef between uh the league office and uh Sakakis? There might be. It might be uh deserved beef on the league office side. It's just it'll be fun to see. But yeah, it's just just weird. I think I think Bobby's a push for sure. I think there's one more to talk about. I think you're going to say it's too soon. Adrian. Adrian. Adrian we got so upstock game one, downstock game four, which was two games ago. I, I'm willing to let it ride one more. Uh, I think one more. Currently one more. at two. Coaches are different. Again, are. people, yep. please understand you're, you're this. Very... Stop tweeting at me about this. It's just like, it's different. I don't know how many times I need to say this. <laughs> more times. But coaches, we evaluate differently. It's based on trends, not on single games. We mentioned that game one was an anomaly. It's different. Do not treat it like the other stocks. Adrian Griffin gets a different sort of thing. Please understand this. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You know what I think is fair? He coaches another game similar to this, but he changes the starting five, and we can can pretty much lock it in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about it already. Actually, I don't know if we talked about it specifically. I, we could probably wrap on this. I I like both the fact that he is willing to adjust fairly dramatically in games in both rotation and scheme. And I feel like he's been, outside of obviously the horrible games where they ended up getting torched, I think when they've started on a good foot and the games are competitive, I think he's done a pretty good job at pulling the right levers. I think so too. I, I really do. He, he's reading the situation in front of him correctly. And we're seeing that more often than not. We don't see situations where it's like he tries something and it's like, why would you do that? Maybe except for Malik Beasley starting. But it's it's more of like, yeah, he, he's reading and reacting in correct manner, seemingly. And it's just, um, you, you don't really see him making tons of mistakes out there. I like the, like, uh, as soon as Ben Simmons goes out late for the Nets, 
it's Brooke is out and then Bobby is in and then even smaller pad in to close that game. Like pretty just like aggressive. Like he's aggressive in what he's willing to do in a, in a way we're not used to seeing. But as we said, take that aggression, apply it to changing the starting lineup. I, I think it's just clearly time. I hope to see it. I, I think it's not good to be overreactionary in life and, and certainly as the coach of an NBA team. And it's I know only six games. I just think it's not just that he hasn't played well. I just think the principle of it, it doesn't work. We hoped it might. I more than you. I mean, you hoped it would. I, I thought it would more than you. The the lack of perimeter toughness and size next to Dame is just non-functional. So it's time. Make the change, Griffin. And coach, Dr. Coach Adrian Griffin, I should say. And Dr. get the upstart. Coach Adrian Griffin. Well, that's his title. I know. It's just funny. Doctor nurse as well, because they're he? in the same class, right? What? I, isn't is that true, or was I bamboozled? I I feel like you were bamboozled. Is that a thing? Uh, this is real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nick Nurse and Adrian Griffin earned their doctorates from. Uh, wow. From Concordia University, Chicago. That is wild. Yeah. Well, good for good for Doctor Nurse too. Yeah, Doctor still Dr. hate Nick him. Nurse. I still, yeah, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Nick. He gets doctor and doctorate in music theory with his guitar cases. <laughs> I'm on his Wikipedia right now. On June 20th, 2019, Nurse joined Hamilton-based rock band uh, at Arkells at their sold-out Toronto concert to perform a cover of Stevie Wonder's hit song "Signed, Sealed, Delivered" on yours on guitar and just. That's why is that in here? He's just out there. He's just out there doing stuff. Yeah. In May 2022, Nurse got his PhD in sports leadership. Okay. Well, credit to him for that. But again, I still still dislike him greatly. Uh, random note. Two random notes. Tomorrow is Wisconsin Herd Media Day, Tuesday. Uh, so hoping to bring a lot of fun interviews from that to this here pod feed tbd if they will be on youtube that's a little challenging on site but if you're not already use the link in the description or go to gspn.info and subscribe on an audio feed because there is more bucks content on the audio feed as well as on youtube and we heard from patrick matumbo as one of the uh like halftime or coming back from quarter interviews on Bally sports just something to file away like pay attention to that guy's interviews i think he's going to be a head coach in the next couple of years I think he is on that trajectory. Um, so I thought it was cool to hear from him. And I just want to tap that to people. Keep it, well, I guess, phrasing. But I just want to point out that keep an eye on those interviews. I mean, it's always interesting to hear from the assistants. I enjoy it. But I think especially uh, Matumbo is one who I think will, like Darvin Ham and Taylor Jenkins and so many others, go from Bucks assistant to head coach at some point in the near future. Yeah, it's it's just a great great development track for uh, Patrick there. So that's a that's a great call out. And and Ty, I'm very very excited to see how, what you cook up for Herd Media oh, because man. it's a, well we we talked about it. it's a stacked roster. It is. I'm hoping to bring some really fun. I don't want to. I'd never say the names beforehand. I'm hoping to bring some really fun interviews, staff, coaches, players. But TVD on exactly what happens. But very excited as always to cover the Wisconsin Herd in person. Yeah. Do we do we have anything else here, Ty? Um, I don't think anything else for this one. Well, of course, yeah. we'll be back soon. I mean, you got all the outro stuff, but I think, you know, it's a slow and steady wins the race season. The Bucks have a lot to figure out on both ends, but I think they're on a good track, I guess would be yeah. my closing thoughts. And just to give a preview for their upcoming schedule for the next week, like you called out, uh, they next play on Wednesday at home against the Detroit Pistons at 7 p.m. And then have a back-to-back in Indianapolis uh, to take on the Pacers at 6. They play the Magic on the road on Saturday at 5 p.m. And then they come home to play the Chicago Bulls in the Craig Council Bowl on uh, Monday uh, the 13th at 7 p.m. And uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the next week. It'll be a busy week of Bucks basketball. They've got, uh, what is it, uh, four games and six nights coming up. It'll be uh, it's a tester. Be, a lot of road. Was, was it seven of the next nine or ten coming into this game? Were also road games, so it's a. They're not the hardest teams, but it's a tester part of the schedule. Yeah, it's a. They're going on a little Eastern Conference soiree for the next week. 
which is uh, fun to see. You know what I just realized? They if, have. They also have not played a single team in the Western Conference yet, so they've been on an Eastern Conference yeah. soiree this whole time. If uh, if Chris sits the first half of the back to back, we could get like the indirect starting lineup change. Crowder moves in for Chris and then doesn't move out. Oh, that'd be an easy way to do it. That's an easy out. Yeah, That's an easy out. there's something to think about uh, if if Chris sits Detroit. Or versus Indiana, which I think it would make sense for him to sit the Detroit game. Who knows? Um, this is just tinfoil hat tie spitballing, but I think that that may be the maneuver we see. That would be that would be very boxy to do that move. It's like the the bud thing we talked about earlier. Imagine like, oh, the, the 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 who Chris who just be like, no, we didn't we didn't bench Malik. Just Chris came back to the lineup. Yeah, but Malik was starting. No, Malik and Jay were starting, and now Chris and Jay. So it's we didn't. Who's Malik Beasley? We didn't switch one for the other. It's totally different. It's totally different than that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I never know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a good week. It'll be interesting to see as they go on, and we will have all things box covered for you here on this feed, uh, and especially on the audio feed if you're watching this live on YouTube. But uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in here live uh, on YouTube. It's been fun uh, doing these live shows after games. It's just good to feed off the energy. It's a good time. We have fun with it. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. But to anyone watching after or listening on your podcast platform of choice, also greatly appreciated. And you can check out all of the links to all things GSPN at gspn.info. Packers had a nice win. So they're going to be the top boys talk to the tundra. That's going to be a fun listen. Uh, That's already out. You have the Brewers. That's going to be... It's going to be an interesting podcast. I have yet to listen to Cruising for a Bruising, hearing Andrew and uh, Adam talk about uh, Craig Council. I'm still betrayed. Uh, check out Make Time for this as well. Win in Six is on this very feed as well on your audio platform. Just check out gspn.info. Everything's there. Uh, link to the Buck Stock Market is there. Discord entry form is there. Anything you want is at gspn.info. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, Pod Random, and we'll talk to you next time.